Welcome to another episode of Making Magic with your host, Bradley Morris from Magic Media. This is the go-to show for purpose-driven creators to get inspired with innovative new ideas to produce your educational content, build thriving online communities, and turn your message into a movement. And action! Dearly beloved, welcome to another episode today. We're going to talk about marketing and uh, this is going to be a different kind of marketing conversation than many of the marketing conversations you might listen to on the internet because I have my dear guest, Ross O'Loughlin, who is a former engineer turned marketing strategist who runs Conversion Engineering. You can check him out at conversionengineering.co, uh, which is a company that helps education entrepreneurs sell more programs without relying on the launch model through his proprietary open everyday system. So. This is a, a, a conversation I really wanted to have. This was a referral from Tad Hargrave of Marketing for Hippies. So many of you that know Tad's work, this Ross and Tad are buddies, Tad and I are buddies. So now the Holy Trinity is complete. And I am stoked to have this conversation because uh, many of you know, I mean, Magic Media, we have the agency side of what we do where we'll help a partner build their new platform, consolidate their life's work and relaunch as a membership or community subscription, an app, etc. And we do the launch for that. I don't love the launch model. I mean, who really loves the launch model? It's exhausting. It's tiring. It's it drags on for a long period of time. And so uh, in today's conversation, we're going to dig into that a little bit. But first, I just want to talk about uh, one of the pieces that I know you're infamous for around how marketing can feel good and right. So let's dig into that. It's like, what does that actually mean? How does marketing feel good and right? Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. And welcome. We'll talk about an intro. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So let's just yeah, stuck, get stuck into it. So that's one of the things I hear a lot from the clients who are coming to work with me. And I'm usually working with what I'd call a lot of mainstream marketing refugees. So, you know, we all kind of stumble into the world and we have online business and marketing and there's all the big name gurus and like their stuff works. Don't don't get me get me wrong. Like they're big for a reason. Like Jeff Walker is incredibly successful because he's very like the system works and he's created a thing that works like for all sorts of products and it's running for 20 plus years now at this stage. Like you got to give it to like in the yeah. dude, like in a space where a lot of programs are only around for a year or two before they quietly get shuffled in, into the background. Like his thing clearly works, but a lot of people come to me and they're like, they don't like the way it feels yeah. when they're forced to do their marketing. And like the launch model kind of fits in that category. You know what I mean? Now, it's funny you say like you hate the launch model. I actually know some people that love it and they 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 take it. They like this building the hype and being on stage and like you know the whole like thing, the energy, like it just suits their personality and their vibe, and they've figured out practices where they're build their whole year around it. Like it's 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 what they like. Yeah. Um I, that's not me. You know what I mean? And like the, the way that I tell people when it comes to marketing is like a lot of stuff works, but you have to find something that I think works on two levels, right? So the first is, is it fundamentally effective? Like, does it actually produce a result? And launches are definitely like fundamentally effective. Yeah. Then there's a lot of people selling strategies out there that are not fundamentally effective. So like you got to buyer beware in the, the world of mainstream marketing. 
But then the second thing is like, is it personally effective? Like, does it work for you, your style? Is it sustainable? Do you enjoy doing it? Because if it's not personally effective, eventually you're just going to stop doing it or you're going to start avoiding it. And that's the cycle I see with a lot of people in the, the launch world is they do the launch, it works great, but they didn't really enjoy themselves. And then they don't engage with their marketing again because the launch is the only effective thing they have found. And they're silently hoping they don't have to do it. And they avoid it because it's exhausting and they're just worried about the next one they're having to do. Yeah. And they only engage with it when the pain of watching the money in their bank account drain down is now more severe than the pain of wanting to do the launch. And then they're switching over back to the launch. And then you're just cycling back between these two worlds of pain and relief. And like, that's not really, like, if you're not enjoying that, that's not, that's not a healthy way of doing your marketing. And I found like, for helping people build consistency in their business and being open every day, like you have to find the things that feel good, that you enjoy from the marketing perspective. And you have to build in feedback loops for yourself. So you show up consistently and it's not something that you're avoiding. Cause if you're avoiding your marketing, you're just, you're not, you're not going to do it. So that's kind of how I describe it. Um, and there's lots of reasons things can feel good. Sometimes it's it's a stylistic thing. Sometimes it's because your teacher or your coach is teaching you something that just doesn't align with your values. Sometimes it's workload management. Like there's a whole bunch of things, but like getting down to having it feel good and right, I think is the question that most coaches and educators need to need to to work at, at solving. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And the launch model, like it can be fun, especially when it works. When it works, it's fun. When you got hundreds of thousands of dollars pouring in over a very short period of time. It's very fun. That's like, that's like, Oh wow, it's working. This is so fun. And it, it can be exhausting though. I mean, this is why we've created so many templates around the way that we do launches so that every time you do it, it's less and less work. But when you're doing something from scratch, it, it does suck. Um, yeah. So with, with the way that you do it around being open every day, I mean, I, I have a yeah. membership people can join at any time. I sell an online audio library that's available for sale anytime. What are some of the models that you see that particular framework work well in? Yeah. Um, so you're talking like membership sites versus courses versus yeah. coaching? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we, we see it's effective with all of them. Uh, like it really depends on the underlying model that you're running. And so one of the things I've observed is uh, people will run cohorts, right? Yeah. But they don't really want to run cohorts, but they'll run cohorts because it gives them like a legitimate level of urgency. Like you got to join now. I'm not yeah. just making up a deadline and, you know, to join my online course where like yeah. there's no calls at all. And so people kind of end up constructing programs to have the urgency built in That's right. so that there's a legitimate reason to go forward. And like, if you legitimately enjoy running the cohort and if you legitimately find that it's the best way to help people get the result, like awesome, like go with it. But what I observe with a lot of my clients who come to me are in the space is that's not really the case. They would rather people just show up and work with them at whatever level that they're at, but they're, they're built in this cycle of work that includes a lot of like live delivery um, that they don't really care for. Yeah. And so 
like that's good that's an issue a little bit it's still workable uh if if you are running like a live cohort based item but in my experience most of the time if you're running a live cohort based thing you can switch it to a point where people can join whenever they want and they're working on their own timeline and there's actually a huge benefit to the group to have people you know not exactly working through the same content that's one of the objections i hear people a lot come to me with is like but like well you know what if everyone's at different places does it not get confusing and no like i have people in my program and they've been in there for like a year plus and a new person comes in and the new person not only gets the benefit of me but more advanced people in the group who've solved that problem and are masters at it or people that are like a month or two ahead of them that have just solved it right like not yes. not have like you know developed their own level of mastery but just recently solved the issues and they have a completely different frame around the recency of solving the problem and it's hugely beneficial. So membership sites, courses, coaching programs, it all works great for that. Um, newsletters, if you're doing a print newsletter, it yep. works great for that as well. Um, I, I've yet to find a thing that it doesn't really work with unless it's, unless you have like a specific cohort based item and, which case you kind of have to put people on a wait list and or like take a deposit, but it that that's that's certainly doable as as well. So how do you deal with the um the scarcity aspect that works so well in a launch that is like there's a deadline yeah. if you're not in by X date you're not getting in and that is usually the thing that tips people over the edge of like okay this is I just got the last call email this is it yeah. this is my moment and then they sign up I mean I. That's the most frustrating thing about being a creator in the in the online space is like 75% of the sales come in in the last like 24 to 48 hours. And yeah. if people only knew how much stress they're putting on the shoulders of those who are launching. It's a great question, right? Like, so I, I from my experience, yeah. like I've done a lot, a lot of tests and I was working with an education a company who sold like a 2k thing uh, to like digital bookkeepers, helping them become like digital freelance bookkeepers or selling them to people who wanted to become digital freelance bookkeepers. Um, and like, I just said one, one day for fun, I'm going to run a giant campaign. It's going to be a launch campaign, but we're not closing the card. Right. This was a yeah. few years ago when in the early days of the thing and there were no time dependent bonuses and there was no, like, if you join, if you don't join before Friday, like you're, we're closing the cart and you won't be able to join. But I just constructed the launch campaign exactly the same as if this, I just didn't say the cart is closing. I didn't say those things, but the same frequency of emails and announcement and all the stuff. And it worked just as well, yeah. <laughs> right? Like in my experience, having done this for years, like you don't actually have to close the cart. Yeah. You don't actually have to say, if you don't join now, you're never going to be able to join. And what I've discovered is really like what you're actually doing with the campaign is you're helping people make a decision, yeah. right? And the analogy I like to tell my clients is like the launch campaign and the way you're kind of taught psychologically to do it is exactly that pile on the pressure and the FOMO and like I'm organizing a party and if you don't come to my party, like... I don't know when I'm going to have another party. And if I am like, you mightn't be invited. And if you don't come to my party, you're basically going to be a loser, right? Like, because <laughs> you're going to not have 
all the fun that we're going to be having and like what are you doing with your life like that's kind of the frame yeah like the sure. classic crossroads close where like you're at a moment in time and you have and it's just like you know if you're a real business and you're selling your stuff all the time like you, if you know you will want people to join later on and if you know if you look at your data like most people don't join the first time they see the offer most of the sales like in my business 85 percent yeah. of the sales are coming from people who are on my list for longer than 90 days yeah. Like I know it takes people six months on average before they're ready to buy from me. And that's fine. That's just like, I, I'm operating in that reality. So the frame I have is I'm organizing lots of parties and Hey bro, do you want to come to the party at the, at the lake out this weekend? Like it's cool if you don't, but I'm organizing the cars and I need to know if we want you a space saved in the back of car number three. Yeah. Like if you don't come, that's cool, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's just a different psychology. And if you're just consistently asking, right. And like, you do need to help people consider like that's, that's what a launch does well, but it's, you can pull apart the components of what a launch is doing, but the deadline, you can absolutely give people deadlines. They don't have to be hard deadlines where the cart is closed, but there can be like, Hey, well, are you interested in coming in now? Because some of us are starting a thing next week and the, the person just needs a time frame to consider. Yeah. Because the big mistake I see a lot of people making when they like go evergreen or open every day is they're like announce the list. You can join whenever you want. <laughs> right. And, and then like, it's up to you to come to me. And that's not effective in my experience. Like no. if you're opening yourself for business all the time, like, great but it's on you then to consistently lead people into your business and you know engineer these moments that are easy to say yes to and for them to consider is now the right time for me to get started and it's really easy to do you don't have to do a massive launch campaign to do it but that's one of the things to pull apart is you don't need massive urgency and scarcity but you do need to engineer a moment in time for the reader to ask themselves is now the right time is the for right me. moment yeah i've been noticing with uh i've seen with tad he now has these quarterly cycles where he has like a new theme each quarter where they dive deep into a specific topic and that's yeah. kind of like is this the quarter that you're coming in this is what we're doing for me i launched new like live trainings that people can sign yeah. up for the live training solo or they can join the subscription and it's included in the subscription along with all the other stuff in the subscription and then also we'll be rolling out this fall. Every month has a theme. So do you want to be writing every day? Great. This month, the theme is writing every day. So come join a community of everybody where we're writing every day. If you don't want that theme next month might be like making a video short every day or whatever. And like having to give people the incentive, like I've really been wanting to do that. I've been putting it off. This is my yeah. moment to jump in and I get all these other benefits. Totally. You know, and that's one of the strategies that we find very effective is like turn the membership inside out, right? Like you're already doing stuff for your members, right? Like if there's an event happening inside in the membership, make that an event, right? Invite people in for that event. That's a great reason to get started, right? If you have a newsletter, right? Like there's a natural cycle that you're sending the newsletter to print, every month that it's like, Hey, here's, 
here's what's in next month's newsletter. Like if you want this upcoming month's newsletter, like you gotta, you gotta join before Friday because that's when I'm printing it. It's cool if you don't want it, but if this one sounds good to you, like come on in. And those are two really effective models. They're not the only ones, yeah. but it, it, just having a natural cycle in your business right? That is an opportunity to have a conversation with the people in your audience for them to consider is now a good time. That's, that's really one of the fundamental strategies. There's definitely like, okay, well, what are you doing with your automated marketing to your brand new leads? Like definitely you want to have that sharp, but in my experience, like the vast, vast, vast majority of the sales are coming from the existing audience that you've got. And it's just like asking yourself, how am I getting creative and how am I consistently asking in a non-weedy, non-pushy kind of way where I'm making offers to the list where it doesn't have to be a giant launch? Like yeah. you don't you don't have to do two weeks of like pre-launch content and massive webinars and videos just to get people on your list to say yes. In my experience, if you're doing your perpetual marketing like all year round yeah. and you're like building trust with people, like you're constantly winning them over anyway. Like I'm there's people in your audience, I'm sure, that are like, oh, I love to work with Bradley at some stage, but it's just like I'm looking for the right thing at the right time. And it's just about finding what those things are and finding the frequency at which to ask and then making it sustainable where it's not you just hammering the list with like buy now pitches, but having an enrollment cycle where you're consistently inviting them in and there's doors in. Like Tad's a great example of that, right? Like that cyclical semester, that's one thing you can do. Um, yeah. There's, there's a bunch of other stuff, but like figuring out what the, the things are for you and then having that cycle is, is, is huge. And what is your frequency with sending emails and articles, videos, et cetera? Like what is your kind of publishing schedule and rhythm and routine? Yeah. So the general philosophy I have is um, I only send emails on days that I want to make money. And so I email very aggressively for some people, but I don't think it's that aggressive for me. Yeah. Um, I, I'm also very experienced email marketer and email is like my superpower. Yeah. And so like, I don't post on social media like at all. I'm, I'm posting on social media, like maybe once a week, five, four or five times a month. Um, and so email is like what you're subscribing to. This is like my main communication yeah. channel. So I'm emailing like four or five times a week. Uh, if I'm enrolling and I have like a big offer, maybe twice a day for a few days, but like, I'm not like, none of those are just like buy now emails. Like every email is worth sending. Yeah. And so the frequency at which some people would post on social media is about the frequency that I would send emails. Yeah. Um, what I Makes what sense. I do versus what I recommend for my clients is different though, right? Like I don't say you need to have to send an email daily, but I will say to my clients, the more you send, the faster you will build trust, That's the right. faster people will get to know you, the more opportunities there are for people to consider buying from you. Like there's just a lot of benefits to a high frequency. But the caveat is like, you have to send emails that are worth sending that people enjoy reading. And are it's, you... It, it, is your primary form of content? Are you doing mostly articles? Are you doing video, audio? Like this? I just do writing. I just like I just like bang out thought leadership, uh, belief building emails. My main philosophy is like I do cool shit with my clients, and I tell stories and yeah. deliver insights from that work. Yeah. Right. So if I'm on a call with a client and I just see the 
rain grenade go off. I'm like, awesome. That's an email. Like I was talking with me today and she didn't realize that she was like struggling so much with how she was doing her email marketing. And I gave her a little tweak. She thought she had to do it this way. She did it this way. And now she has an extra 50 grand, right? Yeah. Like just that conversation that was happening behind the scenes in my business. I'm just, I'll write about that. Right. Yeah. Um, I love it. Or we'll have this conversation and I'm like, Oh, I was just talking with Steve Bradley. And as we were jamming, he drew this distinction about this thing. And I never thought about it this way. Like I'm just, there's an article and yeah, do you, yeah. do are your word counts? Are you like, are you keeping them short? Are they? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's the classic old school analogy of like, like a mini skirt, you know, short <laughs> enough to keep it interesting, but long enough to cover the essentials. Um, but like, if I've got something to say, I'm saying it, but like, yeah. understand this, you know, it's, it's, if you're just waffling on, like you're yeah. going to, you're going to lose people unless you know how to write. So my general right. rule of thumb is I aim for three to 600 words. Yeah. But if it's 800 words, 1200 words, and it's like, I just had to say something. Yeah. I, I don't really care. Like I know that I'm a good writer and when I'm sharing something, there's always going to be like the hardcore readers that appreciate it. Yeah. Um, but I definitely find that the shorter the email, the more responses you get just yeah. because more people will have completed reading the email, but that's not always the main thing you want to optimize for. Yeah. But as a general rule of thumb, I recommend clients like try and keep it at around 500 words or less. Yeah. And what are some of the tools you're enjoying geeking out with these days? So I went down the AI rabbit hole. Yeah. And I know AI is kind of like we've reached peak AI now, but I've, what I love is um, like ChatGPT is good and I use that, but uh, mid journey, which is like the AI image generator. Yeah. That's been just like the just rate at which trippy. they're developing that tool and the innovations and the improvements. Like it just continues to thrill me. <laughs> and yeah. so, yeah, we figured out now that I'm like, you know, I'm now in incorporating that into a lot of my slides for my trainings for clients. Um, like I worked with someone and we kind of got a brand vibe prompt guide. So now like, you know, I have like these really cool art uh, pieces that don't look like they're AI art because like they've, sh I worked with a guy and he showed me how to process it now. So I create the image, but then we're putting it through a branded color filter and then we're putting my text and logo on it. So it's kind of, it looks awesome. So that's Fun. definitely something that I'm, I'm on top of. Fun. You, sounds like you've had a lot of fun with mid journey too. I, I dabble very briefly, but you're, you're kind of getting me inspired to go check it out again. Cause I did it in the earlier stages and I wasn't stoked about what I was getting, but I think I just yeah. need to spend a little more time down there. But I mean, I, I found, um, I really like like a conversation like this. I'll mm. run this, uh, transcript through Descript. And then oh, I yeah. will put that through chat GPT to help me like flesh out some of the essential points and turn that into an article. Um, because typically when I do, um, when I'm writing articles, I'll go in front of the camera, the computer, my audio, and I'll read the articles with like some improv riffs on them so that I turn all my articles into videos, podcast episodes and articles for, um, for my blog or for, for Substack and, put them out that way. So there's three different ways to consume. I'm kind of like uh, one to two times a week with my newsletter, but I I'm definitely inspired by what you're sharing. Cause I agree. Like I'm not on social media. 
the primary way I communicate is through my email list. My yeah. open rates are, you know, 40% most of the time. So it's like a yeah. solid open rate. Um, so people are, what you'll find, I'd encourage you to send more, right? What you'll find when you start to increase your sending frequency is your open rates will go down. All right. And initially your unsubs will go up, but then what will happen is the unsubs will come back down to normal Yeah, because there's just, when you mail more, you just have to understand how unsubscribes work. There's just people on your list who were kind of checked out and aren't really following along, but they haven't unsubscribed because you mailing frequently isn't being like, I, I don't want these emails anymore. Yeah. Like that has, just hasn't triggered them. Yeah. So you'll get some unsubs and then it'll balance out power through that. And don't be discouraged by the fact that your open rates are going down because open rates are in email marketing are a flawed metric to judge everything by. Yeah. Because what will happen is there's just going to be some people in your world who are, like once a week readers. Yeah. Right. And absolutely. so they'll check in and instead of like seeing two emails, they might see five or six and they're not going to open all five or six. They're going to see the five or six as they're scrolling and they'll pick one or two to read. And so your reads get spread across your emails. But what you really want to look at is total readers. Yeah. And what you'll find is the total readers number definitely goes up. So the per email read rate goes down, but the total people on your list who read an email every week is much higher. Yeah. And, and that's really the metric that you want to be looking at is, you know, how, how, how well are you engaging your entire audience? Not how engaging is one email to the entire audience? If that yes. makes sense. No, that totally yeah. makes sense. I, yeah. I, I'm not really much like, I don't care. I'm just been watching, but it's like, It'll go up, it'll go down. As I'm just here to coach and share, and the right people who want to be opening are going to be opening, and the right people who want to be working with us, like they're going to do that. They'll they'll step forward. But I I agree. Like the frequency is really important. I know a lot of people who only email once a month or twice yeah. a month because they don't want to bug people. And yeah, the truth is, is like that's the worst mindset because people have signed up to hear from you. They want to hear from you. They're excited to hear from you because you're the person that they want to listen to. And if you're holding back, then you're holding back. <laughs> yeah. Now the, the a hundred percent. And like the, the one of the two beliefs that people kind of have as it relates to their mark to their email marketing that I don't think serve them. One is they tend to take the feedback they get from individuals and then project that onto the reality of the whole email list. So they start sending emails and then they get one or two people saying, you send too many emails. And then they're like, Oh no, I I don't want my list to hate me. And think I start sending too many emails, but you got to understand that like, if you have like 500, 2000, 10,000 people on an email list, they're all individuals. They're having their own unique experiences and someone saying that they're not enjoying the emails or they think you're sending too many emails. I guarantee for every one of those, there's another 50 or a hundred that are saying, Oh wow. I really like Mary's emails. She's like really going for it. She's got a lot to say and I'm enjoying it. Right. Yeah. And you you do not want to optimize your email marketing to minimize complaints from trolls and complainers. Yeah. Right. Because they're out there. Like, and they're going to they do what they do, there. which is troll and complain. A hundred percent. That's not to say ignore feedback at all. 
but yeah. understand that the type of people who are going to take the time out of their day to complain to you about your marketing, frankly, like I, none of the people who buy from me are that type of person. And so I want to optimize my email marketing to respectfully, right? You got to respect someone's inbox. Yeah. You got to, you got to show up and you got to do good and you got to be worth reading. But I want to respectfully accelerate the relationship I'm building with the ideal person who does want to hear from me, who is in pain and is looking for a solution. I want to optimize my email marketing for them, not to minimize complaints from people who probably aren't going to buy, you know? Yeah. And like when you're in heat, dude, like you, we've all been there. When you are like needing to solve a problem and you're like, I got to buy something to solve this problem. Like there's literally, there's not enough information. You will read everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, yeah. you just go down the rabbit hole and people want to hear from you when they're in that, in that mode. Well, and yeah, people, the people that are following you, it's, it's because they want to hear from you. And so let them hear from you. And and what, just to summarize what you're talking about earlier and, and how I've approached podcasting over the years is like, I just take the best parts of my coaching stuff that I do one-on-one -on -one or in small groups. And I bring that out to the public so that everybody has access to those those th those lessons that are being learned because if one person's having the breakthrough because of something that they were struggling with and then you help solve that problem there's going to be a hundred or thousands of people out there that are struggling with the exact same thing that are mirroring that problem and then by just sharing that publicly like we're bringing people on the journey with us and that's kind of the perspective switch with the newsletters like bring people on a long arc journey with you on your own hero's journey and they're on their hero's journey and you're all climbing the mountain together and that's yeah, the, no, that's the beautiful game. A hundred percent. Like the way I articulate exactly what you said to my clients is it's all about conversations. Yeah. It's about what conversations you're in, what conversations you're having with clients. And then it's about sharing those conversations with the people outside in your broader audience with the understanding of saying like, these are the conversations we're having. This is the type of people I'm talking to. This is the sorts of stuff that we solve here, this is where, what I'm involved in. Do you want to be a part of this conversation? You know what I mean? It's yeah. like share, pull the curtain back on the nightclub. You're, you're the bouncer. It's like, there's a raging party in here. This is what's happening. Like, this is the sorts of things we're doing. Like, do you want to be part of the fun? Like show them what's already happening in your world. And people will, people like the people already in your world will want, will want to join, you know, that's right. That's really the best way to think about it. That's right. Um, one final question just around your philosophy around like how you've built your business to accommodate the lifestyle. I think so many people start mm. off their journey of entrepreneurship of like, they want the lifestyle and entrepreneurship feels like the, the clearest path on like how you create freedom in your lifestyle, but then they become overwhelmed by what it actually takes to be a successful entrepreneur and all the things that you have to do. So how do you draw balance um, to live a lifestyle that is of your own making while also building the business? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think generally there's a relationship between complexity and simplicity. Yeah. And I think you have to go through the complexity before you can enjoy the simplicity. It's one of my coaches pointed out, and I think it's a hundred percent true. And like, I think a lot of people get into entrepreneurship and there's in a lot of complexity. There's a lot of options. There's a lot of ways to do things. 
and you don't know which ones will work for you and you got to try things and then stuff falls apart and then there's a whole bunch of like burning whatever and that's just part of the journey eventually though you do find a few things and one is what's effective from a fundamental perspective on your delivery on your marketing and then what's personally effective for you again like you kind of talked about earlier with the marketing strategy but what's personally effective for you on the delivery side of things like i love what we're doing right now there's something in my calendar. I kind of got a few details about what it was going to be about. You're a shoot from the hip kind of guy. Let's just get on and have a good conversation. Like uh, me showing up live and improvising. I love it. Yeah. Like, but I talk to some people and they see what I do. And they're like, bro, like you really enjoy talking to your clients. Like I would kill myself if I had to talk <laughs> to clients at the level you do. And that's fine. Some people are not an extrovert like me. They're introverts. You know what I mean? And you, you just got to find... What is it that brings you joy? What is easy for you? Yeah. And you have to discover those things first. And you have to discover the overlap between what is easy and brings you joy, but also that adds value to your clients. And for some people, it's writing a newsletter. It's like you they write a killer paid printed newsletter and they ship that puppy out and yeah. people rip it open every month and they love it. I, I hate deadlines. I, if I had to like hit a deadline to send that thing to a printer every month, like I would be behind it every month and I would look unprofessional. <laughs> like that's just not me, right? Yeah. And so you got to figure out the model that works for you and that's going to come from experimentation. And, and then you have to make it personally effective to the point where like how much money do you need? I think it's a question a lot of people should ask and get clear on the answer. Because for a lot of folks, they 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 chase more money and they think life is going to get better if they hit X revenue number and they don't have any constraints for their personal life and time to be protected. And so it's just work, 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 work. Yeah. And, and then it's like, there's always another thing to do. There's no end to the work ever. Like you just have to address that reality. And then you got to get comfortable with how much work do I actually want or need to do so that I have enough time for myself. So yeah. for me, like I'm building a two person business myself and my wife, she also works in the business and our constraints are, we want to hit 500 K $750,000 in profit. And I only want to have to do delivery for two days a week. So that, that's the goalpost that we're building towards. And I don't want to have to be on zoom calls with clients for more than six hours a week. Yeah. That's, that's like what we are aiming at. And we're close. Like we have more revenue to add to get to that point uh, in profit. And like we are, I am less than six hours a week on Zoom calls most weeks, but then things can spike when things happen. And, but again, it's, that's a problem that we are aware of and look at to solve and we know what success looks like. Yeah. But I think I, I want to do that because I want to train jujitsu. I want to write books, right? I want to be able to, to travel and I know what I want to do with my free time. Yeah. And when I say free time, I mean time away from work. And I think if you if you aren't clear on what the number is, you will fill your time with stuff just to make more money. Scroll but the damn wall. Just put me right? on social media. I'll pass the time. <laughs> <laughs> but you will you will you will fill your time. Like space gets filled. This is just yes. the principle of the re of our world. If yeah. there is empty space, it will be filled. 
And so you either have to get clear on what space in your calendar or your personal time is protected and what you will use it for. Like, is it training jujitsu, making music? Like, what do you want to do outside of, of work? And then how do you know when you're successful? Like, how do you know when you have to stop working hard and start moving into harvesting mode? Yeah. Right. Because if you don't like the world of marketing is filled with, pe with people that are happy to shame you for your revenue and profit numbers not being high enough. And if you aren't strong yourself on, no, I'm good here. Like you're just, you're going to be led by someone else into thinking that you have to go bigger. And that's not always the case. So, you know, I'm not sure if that was the answer you were looking for, but it's like how I have thought about balancing things out or why people don't have the balance that they they look for i think that gave some people some really clear things to walk away and and journal about and contemplate because it's it's important questions to ask and you know and i know a lot of people shy away from the money question of like well how much is enough and you know how much do you actually need and what are you actually trying to do and what are your motivations to try and grow something really big i have that Thing with myself you know trying to do yeah. big things and and being clear on like why why is this totally. driving me you know totally. it's it's an important and i, I question. don't think there's anything wrong with having a desire to do big things if yeah. it's like if it's true when you, you 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 want this but i think i've talked to a lot of people that say they want a million dollar business and they're like why why do you want a million dollar business or i want five hundred thousand dollars in the bank i was like why do you want five hundred thousand dollars in the bank and like it, there's no clear answer for why it is. If it's like, because I want to buy a house in London and it's really fucking expensive and that's how much I need to buy the house. I'm like, cool, well, let's, let's work towards that. But I think just the chasing of money and yeah. all these things without a clear intention behind it, I think it's just, I think that's where people can get themselves in, in trouble. Um, and also like just being clear about what it is that brings you joy and fills you up because like if you're not topping yourself up, you're going to, you're going to burn out, you know? And that's a, that's the last thing we want. Yeah, exactly. Um, final questions. Uh, one, what are your revenue streams? How do you make money? Where does money come from inside of your business? Yeah. So we shifted, we were for a number of years doing a lot of done for you kind of marketing execution, pay us on results sort of yeah. stuff. Uh, and that was great. Very, very profitable. But I find I just, I'm a natural teacher. I, I've just, it's a gift. I love presenting. I get more out of it. It's more fulfilling. Yeah. So we shifted to done with you coaching last year, full-time. And our primary revenue streams right now are just all from, um, from that. So it's a coaching program where people are paying to work with us for a long period, like three to 12 months. Uh, we have a small coaching program where people work with us. I still do a small bit of done for you work with kind of clients that I have long existing relationships with where they're just like, I, I can do their stuff very quickly. It's not a huge amount of time on my end. Um, and that will like, you know, it's a few thousand dollars for a campaign and it takes me, you know, maybe a half a day kind of thing, yeah. right? Like it's, it's easy to do. Um, on top of that, also, we have some one-to-one -one clients, kind of private clients who pay us for kind of a higher level of uh, coaching. And then we have some more recently, like you just call it course sales. So it's just, 
hey, this is training that has been highly effective for our coaching clients. If you want this, here you go. You can just buy the training. Yeah. And, you know, that's only a few thousand dollars. We're not talking about major revenue, but it's something that we're starting to to do. There's no like coaching associated to it, but those are the main revenue streams. Um, it's all very much focused just on like core clients that we create for, we create the strategies, and then we either help them with the execution, with join with you, or extra one-to-one coaching, or just sell them the training with no coaching. Those, those awesome. are kind of the, the primary streams. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. That helps people to like imagine possibilities every time they hear an interview, they get to like, oh, 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 I can do that. Oh, like, there's yeah. so many ways to do these types of education businesses. And so yeah. that's helpful. Uh, and as far as uh, where people can go to uh, get the best, obviously sign up for your newsletter. Um, yeah. Do you have, what's the best link for people to go to? Yeah, I would go to openeverydaybook.com and that will take you to a landing page on our website and you can just click the button, fill out the form and that will put you on our newsletter. It will also deliver a free copy of our book called Open Every Day. Uh, it'll give you a PDF first. Uh, there's some training on the other side of that as well. There's a couple of other resources. So you can have all those for free. Uh, if you opt in there, I I'm going to send you an email to start a conversation with you. If you want to have a conversation with us, reply to that email. If you don't want to talk to us straight away, no problem. Sit back. You will be on our newsletter. We'll send you some kind of our best hit emails for the first week or so. And then it'll be kind of... You'll just be on our, what I call the radio show, right? Here's what's happening in Ross's world right now. And um, we run workshops every month or so. Um, there's free new tools we give out on there as well. So there's a bunch of stuff we send people uh, ongoing. And if any of that looks good, grab it. It's yours for the taking. And if we have a conversation and you want some help, that's cool too. Uh, we'll we'll definitely be in touch. Beautiful. Um, this has been fun. Thank you for an inspiring Absolutely. conversation, Ross. I, I really appreciate it. It's great to be connected now. Absolutely. Yeah. And Hopefully, uh, something tells me this won't be the last time that we talk. We shall meet again, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> if you're ever on the West Coast, look me up. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Making Magic Podcast with your host, Bradley T. Morris from Magic Media. If you're inspired to leverage your life's work by crafting your transformational, educational, and inspirational media, thriving online community, profitable membership, or to turn your message into a movement, then head on over to magicmedia.com, that's M-A-J-I-K, media.com, and explore what our Creators Club or partnership opportunities have to offer you and your beautiful business.